Welcome to the Pet Grooming Business Podcast, where we give practical business advice to help you grow your pet grooming business. So without further ado, let's get going. So welcome to uh, the business of dog grooming now. This is me, me and Vicky. Um, it's our first time at a grooming event, a grooming seminar, anything like that. And, you know, we were sort of discussing it earlier when there was no one talking to us. And we thought, well, <laughs> maybe this is um, a bit unique, perhaps, for grooming events. I don't know if you, you people go to trade shows a lot and grooming seminars. And people here, like accountants and a business coach, is like a little bit, a bit weird for the industry. But we're trying to change that. We're trying to change the industry for the better. So, you know, everything we're trying to do is to make the industry better. My wife's been in the industry for a long time. You know, we've all suffered <laughs> throughout the last 16 years. So we want to pick the industry up and try and get everyone to earn more money and uh, be more organized and be less overwhelmed, I suppose, is, uh, is what it's all about. So what we're going to be discussing today little introduction, a little bit about us, our story, and how we got to, to here. And we were just commenting out there earlier, it's like, it's amazing that we're here, you know, in such a short time, and we'll discuss that. How me and Vicky met, like Vicky said, we're not married or anything <laughs> like that. I actually met Vicky wife. for the first time this morning over breakfast. <laughs> you know, it's been a Zoom relationship before then. So there are some positives that have come out of COVID, obviously. You know, it's been a bad time for everyone, but COVID has actually moved some businesses forward, isn't it? Um, so we're going to talk about five ways to grow your pet grooming business and increase your income. And then Vicky's going to talk about the five common mistakes we make with accounting. She's going to scare you with making tax digital, but that's why she's here to put your mind at risk and uh, go through that with you. Talk about what we offer um, individually and together. And then any questions that you might want to throw at us. I can't tell you how to groom a cockapoo. Okay, I'm not a dog groomer and neither is Vicky. But, you know, we've got a lot of business experience behind us. So we can help you with sort of businessy questions if we've got time. Okay. So hopefully all of you are in our Facebook groups. And you might, who, anyone not in the Facebook group or not seen me or Vicky before? Me. Okay. Right, I won't be offended. <laughs> <laughs> so, my name's Bill, Bill Betts, and I'm the founder of Pet Passion to Profit and run the Facebook group Dog Grooming Business Help and Support. And it is simply, it is what it says on the tin. And I'll let you introduce. Yeah, so I, I've been an accountant for a while um, and I've had a few dog grooming clients over the past few years and uh, one of them said to me, you know, it's an industry that probably needs some help on the finance side. Uh, and I was in bed one night and I thought, Do you know what, I'll put a message out on Facebook, um, put my phone down, woke up the next day to like 50 messages. Um, you know, and it is an industry I think does need help. No one likes talking about accounts and finances because it's dull uh, and it's complex. So that's why I started the pet accountant. So now I only work with uh, pet professionals. I'd say probably about 80% of my client base are groomers. Um, so I know the industry quite well, uh, so that helps. And yeah. 
started it from there. And I've also got a free Facebook group, uh, Accounting for Pet Professionals, where I put a lot of free information on there, um, keep you up to date with all the tax stuff. It's quite hard when you go on HMRC's website. It's like a minefield. It might as well be written in Japanese. You, you can't... Even I don't get it sometimes. So if you go on there, I put loads of free stuff on there. If you get stuck, you can just ask me a question um, and I'll answer it. And at least you get the correct information because there's a lot of people on all the Facebook groups and it annoys me. They give you... And I'll probably talk about this in a little bit, but they give you dud information. It's wrong. So I'm in there like a keyboard where I'm like, no, it's wrong. Um, so please, please go in that group and you will get the right information. Uh, don't listen to anybody off Facebook because nine times out of ten, it's wrong. Uh, so go in there and I will answer all of your questions. So picking up on that, uh, one of the reasons and one of the goals for my Facebook group is to get you, you people the right information. So we're not listening to Facebook warriors. We're not listening to Facebook gurus. We're not listening to Dave down the pub. You know, if Dave down the pub tells you you shouldn't go VAT registered, Dave, you know, ask him, are you VAT registered? And if he says no, say, buy us another drink and shut up then. Because I'm getting, I want to get the proper information out mm. to you. And it's not all just me. Those that are in the group will know that we do Facebook Lives with other business professionals. So, um, you know, I do a live with Vicky and we'll talk about accounting. I wanted to talk about web design. I'll go and find a web designer and talk about web design. You know, people got issues with HR, got questions about HR. I'll go and find a HR provider and we'll talk about HR. So it's not listening to other people, it's listening to professionals. And that's the whole sort of um, purpose of my group. And my goal is to get that proper information out there. So feel free to groom it, uh, to join it. <laughs> groom, it? To groom it? Feel free to <laughs> join it. And if you, uh, <laughs> if you put dog uh, groom fest, I'm getting all mixed up. If you put groom fest in the questions and I'll just uh, get it approved for you. <laughs> So, our story. Do you want me to go first or you want to go first? No, you. So, um, my wife is the pet groomer and we, she set up A to Z Animal Care um, over in Betherson in Kent. And she set that up 16 years ago. Um, she was a registered veterinary nurse, did all her qualifications and nothing changed. So, she was like... Oh, did a few, did the rounds with a few veterinary practices, but still was sort of treated badly, or the kennel hand, or still picking up poo rather than doing actual nursey stuff. So she was like, right, I've had enough of this. I'm going to do my own thing and start my own business. She came to me, I'm going to do a dog grooming course. I was like, dog grooming? <laughs> you know, we've got a little, we've got a little dog ourselves. We never take that to a dog groomer. What do they do? I'd never even heard of it. iPet wasn't a thing then. Um, OCM wasn't a thing then. It was just sitting in guilds. She asked for a bit of day release with her business, uh, with her, where she was at the vets, and they said no. So she's like, right, I just resign. So she resigned from the vets and did a 30-day um, in-house sort of course with a pet groomer down the road, got a little certificate, and got her notes from the grooming table, and then was like, right, that's it, off we go, sort of thing. Facebook had only just come into existence. It was 2003. Google, no, you know, Instagram, very little. Uh, not even existed then, I don't think. So, Yellow Pages. Who remembers Yellow Pages? You know? <laughs> A to Z Animal Care. We're going to be at the top of the Yellow Pages, aren't we? So, that was a quite an easy way to design the name. And rather than Emma Betts Dog Grooming, it was A to Z Animal Care, because we thought we'd be at the top. So, she helped her... To help her out, her dad helped her with the business side of things, and I was a police officer at the time, so I was able to have the stable income to give her the opportunity to start her own business. 
she started off very quickly in people's houses and, and that grew and we took on a salon and then we took on an apprentice and it just grew like that now when facebook started to come into its own and instagram i got really interested i loved that sort of side of things i loved interacting with customers and finding new customers and bringing them into the business sharing the photos sharing the stories emma's dad was like well i'm not on facebook so why should we be on facebook well you can do it if you want sort of thing we're like so it's very awkward uh, situation obviously being her dad and he got bored of the business in the end so we we brought him out and i remember sitting at a pub one day um, with Emma and he was like um, we've gone VAT registered so we've gone over the VAT limit and he basically gave us three options and it was deregister so come below the VAT threshold and I was like why would you do that you know do we get to November in the year and then go right we'll close our books now and take the rest of the year off you, you're capping your income aren't you so I was like that's a no you can't do that he's like you can buy me out or we go completely change the model so me and Emma were like we've got two small young kids at a time proper scary stuff but like we'll buy you out and we'll do it ourselves so I'm, do I'm doing my six days a week in the police and I'm doing four days a week in the dog groomers trying to do all the business planning and the, uh, we had staff so I was trying to put together staff handbooks contracts none of it ever got done now, all the way through that, we always knew that A to Z could do better. You know, we're busy, um, we're taking on staff, but our profit was going down because the staff were eating up the money. And we always knew we wanted to do better. And we were always on the lookout for mentorship to try and help us to grow that business. Now, we tried a few and they gave us some um, sort of packages and they gave us an overview of our business, but none of us really, they didn't really float our boat. And then I came across a, a mentorship business that helps public sector workers get out of the public sector and do their own business. So me and Emma joined that uh, and access to some amazing mentors. And straight away, we came out of COVID. Unfortunately, we made two members of staff redundant because they're on furlough and we we're still doing 800 pounds a day even without them. So we're like, well, something's wrong there. But the mentorship gave us the confidence to go out there and say, you know, it's not for us, you need to leave. So we're going through the redundancy process. But what it also showed us is like, outsource your business. So we went and got HR advice to help us with the redundancies. So they pushed us and they're mentoring us and they've really helped us grow our business. But what that also did was sparked something in me. I was really miserable, I was depressed, I didn't want to go to work, you know, I had some time off work, but just sparked something in me and I wanted to help and take that 16 years worth of knowledge that we've gone through, take that network behind me and go out and help other people. So December, um, December the 28th, I thought, right, everyone's going to be sitting on their phones. Everyone's going to be like bored at home. They're going to be sitting on their phones, looking at social media. I need to get out there. So started my Facebook page, started my Instagram page, started my business name, logo. I pinched Emma's logo and just put my name around it <laughs> and got out there. You know, what were we there? September, 4,000 members in that group. I offer one-to-one business mentoring, which we'll go into later, and helping, hopefully, a lot of you guys and girls. So that's kind of my story. I went part-time in January in the police, and in March I resigned and uh, went, went on my own. So that's my story. Mine's a lot shorter than that. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, I started, I've been finance since I left uni. I'll keep it really short because no is is still. Um, and I went into business with my uncle, who uh, is an accountant, had his own business. Uh, I was with him for seven years and never worked with a family member don't recommend it and he was very much like you'll do as you're told and that's it he thankfully now is retired um so he was like you can do what you want now so I was like yes uh, and that's how after having that chat with one of my clients the pet accountant came so I, I didn't want to deal with the plumbers and electricians who just literally dump receipts on my doorstep and then I never hear off them again it, you know accounts are still anyway so I needed something that was a bit more interesting so then obviously that's how the pet accountant came across I spoke to my client put some feelers out on Facebook and it's just gone from there and that was January this year um, and I've got a few clients in here already um, and, you know I just I think people have a, a misconception of what accountants are it's like car salespeople; they just don't like them because they think I'm going to turn up with a briefcase and a suit and be like with a big calculator and start shouting at you as you can see I, I'm not the most corporate person in the world um, and you know I will help you with your accounts in a non-jargon friendly way um, I started that uh, Facebook group because again there's a lot of people that came to me that and I'll probably talk about this that hadn't registered with HMRC weren't recording their expenses properly I had people that haven't done a uh, tax return for the past three years I've got £10,000 worth of fines and it was the same conversation I was having with literally every single person and I was like right we've got to do something so that's why I started the Facebook group so that people can get the right information it's so important because if you don't get your figures right at the beginning then you know it's just going to spiral so that's why I started the group is just to ask advice again the, the Facebook Karens I'm sorry if anyone here is called Karen but the Facebook Karens oh you know you don't, you don't need to do this you don't need to pay this it's this and I'm like and everyone listens to them I'm like you're wrong stop it so I direct everyone to that group it's free I spend a lot of time in there answering all your questions I just want you guys to get it right and not get fined because there's far too many people giving money to the government when you don't need to uh, so that's my story it's a lot shorter than Bill's um, and I've got a lovely sausage dog called Frank who does regular lives with me on Facebook so if you like sausage dogs <laughs> in itself you can you can come and look at him he's very cute uh, but yeah that's basically it that's you hopefully yeah I'm not a dull accountant and I don't come wearing a suit uh, it's usually tracksuit bottoms and a hoodie because I get covered in dog hair so there we go so it takes us on to like having me and Vicky meet. Like I said, we're not married. Well, she nags me like we're married sometimes. Yeah, it's work wife. You know, um, and this is a whole mindset thing. I met Vicky um, probably in an English groomers group or something like that. And the mindset Somewhere, is yeah. go out there and talk to people. Friend requested Vicky on Facebook, Facebook message. You know, who the hell is this? <laughs> Let's chat, let's talk. Let's talk about how we can do business together. Let's talk about the industry and how we can work together. So um, me and Vicky met on the 13th of February this year and met in person today, <laughs> you know. Again, the power of Zoom and having those conversations. And we just quickly gelled and bonded and we learned that we just got the same sort of values and passion for helping other people. And I was, um, by February, I was helping other groomers within their businesses and many Entering them, and I suddenly realised that um, they don't all have uh, a business brain or mm. organisation. And then I come to Vicky, and Vicky's like, 
God, some of these books are just shocking, or they're not even doing any books. <laughs> and I was like, well, hold on, we need to sort of collaborate. So Vicky is in my Facebook group as a group expert, so any sort of uh, accounting queries, again, if I don't know it, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to give you my opinion. I'm going to go over to Vicky and say, right, let's have an answer from an expert. And that hopefully that pushes your, pushes your business forward. So that's how we first met. And then we met today over breakfast, obviously. <laughs> so obviously we're here to try and help you. So let's move forward. And um, if it works, we're going to cover five ways that you can grow your business and income. And this will work for anyone who is either in, new in business or has an existing business. Now, the first one, you're probably going to groan at me, aren't you? Because it's like service more customers and everyone's going to go, I can't do any more. I can't do any more. But for some people, that might be the start, mightn't it? It might be you're starting your business. So obviously, probably the most obvious one, isn't it, is to um, service more customers, get more customers into your business. And how are you going to do that? Who answers their telephone? <laughs> you know, who's got hundreds of voicemails or hundreds of messages sitting on their phone of potential customers that want to book in? There was a lady in, uh, in the group who was like, oh, I, I think I need to move location. I'm in a rural location and I'm just struggling with getting the numbers of customers. And we're like, well, you know, do the people know you exist? And then she, I can't remember why, but she put a picture of her phone in, into the group and it was like the number of missed calls and the number of voicemails and the number of emails. I was like, well, there's your solution, isn't it? Answer your bloody phone, speak to your customers and book them in. And a few months later, she updated and said, actually, I now answer my phone and I'm quite happy with where I am and I'm, I'm actually um, got the business that I need. But I know it's overwhelming, but put things in place to try and get those customers booked in for you. Who's out there on Facebook? You all on Facebook? Are you all on Instagram? And are you all on Google My Business? Does Google know you exist? No? no? You said no. No? It's really easy to set up. It's going to take you half an hour oh, to start with. Yeah, you get a little card through the post, yeah. you know. That's telling Google that you exist. Get your website on there. If you haven't got a website, point Google to your Facebook page. If people don't know you're out there, then they can't use your services. Okay? So some of us are really busy and we've closed our books or um, can't service any more customers. So why not get them to come more often, you know? Book them in more often. Get them, have that conversation with them. Get them coming every six weeks. Get them coming every four weeks. Offer them things to incentivize them, like direct debit payments. You might get a customer that says to you, I really enjoy using your service, but I can't afford you. That's fine. We'll put some direct debit in place. And then we're going to spread the cost of your grooming out all through the year. And there's simple um, systems that you can use, like go-card lists. You can put those in place, set them up on direct debit, and it's pleasing the customer. It's giving you regular income, and it's helping getting them in more often. And then the process with your customer becomes even better because they've got their appointments scheduled throughout the year. So when they decide to phone you up and you're like, sorry, I've got no, no uh, appointments for you for the next six weeks, and then the dog gets matted because they've gone 12 weeks, they're already scheduled in. And when you do get the dog come in, they're looking pretty good anyway because they're on a schedule. They're taking a lot less time. You've not got that um, talk about money. It's all paid. So it's a really nice sort of relationship that you have with your customer as well. 
Don't be put off by these systems. Go cardless. What we use um, it costs you pence every time they pay you. Okay, it's not that expensive at all. If you're busy, if your books are full, if your phone is ringing off the hook, you're popular, they want to work with you, put your prices up. Now, who does that make like feel really sick? <laughs> You're like, oh, and you know, I understand this. And me and my wife, have, like, we've been in bed, like, feeling, oh, you know, we've got a price increase coming out tomorrow, and you just know the inquiries and the calls and the objections and the, you know, but you're busy for a reason. People want to use your business. They want to use you. They want to use your services. They like your services. They like your business and they like what you do. So let's get them to pay a little bit more for them. Now, putting your prices up for existing customers is tough and it can cause a lot of queries, a lot of people sort of complaining maybe, but the fear of doing it is worse than the actual doing it. And if you get someone that decides to leave your business because they're price driven, I guarantee you that phone will ring and the next person will book in at the higher price. So who's the winner there? Okay. Take your prices off your websites. Take your prices off Facebook. Take it out of the public domain so that when you get new inquiries, you can test that higher price. You know, if you take your prices out of the public domain, it's one less thing to update when you do do your price increases because I bet you you're so busy, you put your prices up and you're Prices are still on your website, they've not been updated, and then the customer was like, well, your website says this. You're like, oh, damn it. <laughs> so it's one less thing to do, admin-wise, and you can test your prices. If you're busy, what have you got to lose? What have you got to lose to put an extra 10 pounds on that cockapoo if you're jammed with dogs already? Yeah? Test it, and it'll give you that confidence to increase your prices and put them up. Try it out. So um, an example of that in our business is teeth cleaning. We use the Pet system. We started at 45 pounds before lockdown. Through mentorship, they really push us with our pricing. We've got a great pricing and product mentor, Robin Waite. And he's just like, keep putting those prices up until you get people saying no. We're at 85 pounds now for our initial appointment and we're booking them in every day. We've got new teeth cleaning appointments coming in every day to the point where Emma's like, we're just gonna put it up again. So we say to our receptionist, right, not, no one's objecting to this price, let's go to 90. You know, maybe in a few months time, we might go to 95. Until people start saying no, test those prices. But you can test those by taking those prices off your websites and social media. Another thing to look at is decreasing your costs. So who um, writes down what they spend and looks at it at the end of each month? I'm interested in this as well. <laughs> Good. If you don't know what you're spending, you know, you need to control your spending, don't you? I want to look at the end of each month and say, how much does my staff cost me? How much does my um, maintenance on my building cost me? How much have I paid for that system? You can start spotting trends, you know, and if you can decrease your costs, but your prices stay the same, then that money's going in your pocket, isn't it? You know, get control of your costs, get control of your money, and make sure that you're controlling that money and that money's not controlling you. Make sure you just don't go out there and pay constantly on your card, you know, buy more stuff. Who's addicted to Amazon? Definitely, you know. <laughs> We get Amazon every day sometimes. You've got to control that in your business because that is your income, isn't it? You're, you want extra income, you want extra money, you want to control those costs and know what you're spending.
adding new services and add value that bring in more profit. Perfect example for this is the teeth cleaning, isn't it? You know, it is a really good system to use, whether it be cleaning teeth or Emmy Pet. It's fantastic value for your customers and you can charge, as I just highlighted, you can charge really good money for it um, if you're brave enough and you're brave with your pricing. Sell the result to your customers. Don't tell them what it is and how it does it and why it does it. Have a book of like teeth cleans that you've done. Have them at the, in your reception or wherever you, you're grooming from and say, you know, Fluffy's teeth today could, you know, this is what we could do with the teeth. Fluffy. And this is how much it, sorry, Frank. <laughs> I've looked at Frank's teeth today and this is what, you know, we think we can do for you. Show them the results, sell the results, okay? Because that's all they're interested in. They don't care how you do it. You know, they don't want to know about the micro bubbles and the thousand whatever's per second and you can't even hear the toothbrush when it's on sort of thing. They want to see the results that you can get them okay if they've got a they want or a need they'll buy from you so you're adding extra value to your services and you're bringing in more profit think about a groom uh, an average price groom at 45 pounds and you upsell um, your teeth cleaning onto a regular um, maintenance package for 20 pound every time they come in you know 65 pound per groom who gets 65 pound per groom at the moment and that's your, you can put your average, you can increase your averages and then that just spirals, doesn't it? You put that over the year. So upsell these services. Nail trimming. Who charges five pounds for nails on their own? Okay, 10 pounds? 15? 20? Yeah, 20 at the back. Who's phoned the vets up and said, I need to book my dog in for a nail trim. How much do you charge? How much did they quote you? Uh, 25. 25 pounds. And what did they say you needed to do? I don't know. They knew who I was. <laughs> <laughs> so they banned you straight away. <laughs> okay, so coming out of lockdown, we, um, we started lead, uh, a clinic. So my wife sort of said, all right, anything that takes less than 15 minutes, let's turn it into a clinic and let's make it really easy for our customers to come and, come and use it. Like so... You go to a vet, £25 to have your dog's nails trimmed. Any vets in here? Go to a professional, like a dog groomer that does nails every day, because the vets possibly don't do them every day. But you're probably going to... Yeah, you're probably going to have to book in an appointment. So you're going to bring your dog to the, uh, to the shop. You're probably going to have to wait outside for COVID restrictions, etc., etc. Why not open up a clinic and say, well, between, right, our apprentice has got the dog in a bath, so between 10 and 11, um, bring your dog down, drop in clinic, do your nails, bish, bash, bosh, 15 pounds, 20 pounds, tap your card here. Why are we charging five pounds when the vets are charging 25 pounds? You know, you're all professionals, you know how to do this, you do this day in and day out. So why not be charging it? And the reason why people will pay it is because you're making it really easy for them. So they give you, you give you a ring and you say, yep, we can do that dog's nails for you. No problems, just pop down, four o'clock, and we'll get them done. Problem solved. Remember, your customer's got a problem and a need and they want you to resolve it. So much easier than going to the vets. So we charge 15 pounds for small, medium dogs, 20 pounds for large dogs. And in one hour, we run these clinics, so, um, nail trimming, ear cleaning, hygiene trims, anything that takes sort of 15 minutes, and we did £150 in an hour. You know, just queuing up. 
And that was coming out of lockdown. Obviously, everyone was desperate out of lockdown. But why not just run it? You know, put a Facebook event out, nail trimming clinic, come and get your nails done, Saturday morning. You know, people will be on Facebook looking at it going, oh, I've got to sort out an appointment, got to go to the vets or etc. Make it easy, make it really easy, but make sure you charge for it. You've got a card machine, hopefully. Contactless, customer's happy, dog's happy, away they go. You know, so you're adding value and you're bringing more profit into your business. There's loads you can do with that. So that's my sort of five ways or five ways that you can get more money and more income and grow your business and grow your income. Um, any questions? I like it. Good. I like it. Sounds nice, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it does. Doesn't it it? Depends which clinic you go to, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you think about it, there's a shortage of uh, available appointments for the vets, isn't it? So That's right. And uh, to be fair, where we are, coming out of COVID, the vets are actually saying, we're not doing nails, we're not doing ear cleans, go and see your local groomer. First protocol. Yeah. Yeah. First protocol. You're professionals, aren't we? We do this day in and day out. Yeah. You're doing it out of convenience, so don't charge for the convenience as well. Solving a problem, that's what you want to do. I pay direct debit to my groomer to do Frank's nails every month just because it saves hassle. So she just gets it every month and I just take them in, she does it for 10 minutes and then I leave. And it's regular income for her. You get, you know, get 10 of them. Yeah, there's yeah. been times where at the end of the day I've set up three appointments to do nails and they've taken all of 20 minutes in total and I've only charged £6 per client. And we have this idea, don't we, where we charge less for puppies? Yeah. But puppies are a pain. <laughs> they're, all, they're such hard work, aren't they? And you like, get a puppy in for a nail trim and you're like, oh, it's climbing the ceiling, going all over the place. You know, why are we discounting for puppies? It's all nice and cute, yes, but it's a pain in the bum to do. So, you know, let's get our uh, clinic sorted. Let's make it easy for our customers. And let's charge, charge a bit more for it. Because £25 for a vets and someone else is doing it for fiver. Who's missing out there? Yeah? Yay, now I want the fun stuff. So... I'm going to... the scary. So it's not scary. It's not scary. So I, the five common mistakes, these I've spoke to probably 500 groomers since January, and it's like a reoccurring theme of what people are doing wrong. Um, the first one, which is the major one... You hear that bloody camera? Um, <laughs> is not registering with HMRC. Is everyone in here self-employed? Yeah. Who's not registered with HMRC? Everyone is. Yes. You're not. Come on, put your hand up. <laughs> yeah, it's, you've got to do it. So you've got 90 days. So the first dog you do, the day one of your business, you've got 90 days to register with HMRC. They can fine you if you don't do it within those 90 days. They haven't been doing recently, I think, because of COVID, um, because people started and then stopped and started and stopped. So they, they've been quite lenient, but they can. If you bring them up and say, actually, I started business six months ago and I haven't registered, they could fine you for it because they're arseholes most of the time. So that is my number one. I, I, I'd say about 50% of the people I've spoken to have been in business for longer than six months and haven't registered with HMRC. You must, must, must register with them. There's a myth of, oh, I only earn like £1,000 or I don't earn much, so I'll not register with them. Just do it. 
doesn't matter if you make a loss because you can carry that forward just register 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 I can't stress that enough as your number one task to do when you're self-employed because that's what gets in, most people into trouble um, the second one um, I could talk about it all day is not understanding the different legal entities and what I mean by that is sole trader partnership limited company it's something that me and Bill disagree with on a regular basis but there's a lot of people out there who've started, oh, my mate told me it'd be a limited company because they're a limited company, or my mate told me a sole trader because they're a sole trader, but not actually understanding what each of those do. And limited companies are massively complex compared to a sole trader. My view from a tax perspective and a finance perspective is if you're just starting out, unless you've got a specific niche, just go as a sole trader and make it easy for yourself. When you get up to the profits of 30, 40 grand, that's when you need to start looking into a limited company because that's where you'll get the tax benefits. But just starting out, make it easy for yourself. Do as a sole trader. But do your research into them or ring an accountant, ring me, go on my Facebook group to see what the differences are because it might be that actually a limited company does work for you and not a sole trader. Or there's a lot of husband and wife, girlfriend, boyfriend duos that one of them's doing the grooming, the other one's doing like admin or whatever, who's not working and they're not being part of the business. And what you've got there is your partner with 12 and a half grand tax-free, what, 12,570 now, 70 pounds, tax-free money bobbing on their heads and you're not using them. So there's a lot of clients have come to me and said, oh, my husband does a grooming and my wife does a grooming and I just help out. I'm like, do you get paid? No. Are you doing another job? No. Well, register as a partnership because that way you get their 12 and a half grand tax-free, you're paying less tax. Happy days. So just do your research into the different legal entities before you sign up. Obviously, I think you've all signed up now, but so it's fine. You can easily swap as well. You can go from a sole trader to a limited company. You can go from a sole trader to a partnership at any point during the year. So if you want to change, you can, but do your research into that because there's a lot of people that, oh, you limited company, yeah, why did you do that? I don't know. Someone on Facebook said it was really good. Have you got a limited company bank account? No. Have you read it? No. And I think, oh, my God. It, it, you can get into a lot of bother if you don't do your research properly, especially with a limited company. So please, 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 if you are, get help. Uh, not submitting a tax return. It, that, that's my favourite. I've had a few people ring me and I'm like, have you submitted your tax return? No. Right, OK. So I log on, I look, get on their system, and they've got, so a recent one, £1,200 worth of fines. And I rang and I said, do you know you've got £1,200 worth of fines because you didn't submit last year's tax return? Oh, uh, do they fine you if you don't do that? Yes. And the thing with HMRC is, I don't want to scare you, but they will just carry on fining you day after day until you pay it. They don't necessarily remind you. You'll get a letter to say you haven't done it. But you can imagine how many people they deal with. They're not going to have the time to send out reminder letters. And they will find you if you don't do it. So she's probably like the third or fourth person I've, I've had a find. And I've had quite a few clients have said, oh, I haven't submitted my last two years' returns. Can you do those first? And then we'll do this one. And it's so important because they will just find you. You know, me and Bill have got a client who's got, what, 16 grand's worth of fines or something like that? It's just built up and up and up. It's, because she hasn't submitted its tax return since 2013. So, and I, you know, I'm like, ah, oh, 
Um, so we're in the process. You can appeal if you've got, obviously, circumstances why you haven't done it. But nine times out of ten, will they listen to that? Maybe not, depending on what it is. So please, 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 we've got till the 31st of January to submit your tax return. I always suggest that I always try and get my clients to do it before December. Because if you do get a tax bill, you're not leaving yourself that amount of time to pay it. Because you've got to pay and submit it by the 31st of January. If you go after that, again, you get fined. So just get it done early. You can even submit it in July and pay it in December. As long as it's submitted and paid before the 31st, but don't leave it till the end. I will always nag my clients to say, right, I've got it, I've got it. Um, and then, you know, I get like 50 on like the 30th of January and they're like, can you do it before tomorrow? <laughs> no. I can't. So please just get your tax returns submitted on time. Set a reminder for yourself uh, by October um, so that you don't miss the deadline. If you do have an accountant, if they should be reminding you. So if your accountant isn't reminding you and pushing you to do it, they should be. So, yeah, on that bit. Uh, the next one, again, I could speak about this for ages, but not making the most out of your expenses. There's a lot of stuff out there that you can claim for that you're not. If you go on my website, there's a freebie PDF that gives you a list of all the expenses. Not everyone, but the most common ones. Download that and see if you're claiming for what's on there. Um, to give you an example, I had a client recently who's never used an accountant before, and she's like, mm, I don't know if I really want you. Like, mm, do I need one? I said, look, just give me this one. If you don't want me after that fine. So I said, right, how much do you think your tax bill is going to be? She went, eight grand. I said, no, it's zero. And the reason she thought it was going to be eight grand is because she bought this fancy system, water system for a house, which costs like 14 grand. And she wouldn't have put that through because she was like, she only gave me the receipt because she was like, well, I bought it, I just threw it in there. And I said, would you have put that through if you did it yourself? She went, no. So had she not, she would have got an £8,000 tax bill. Because she gave it to me, her tax bill was zero. And it's all about, you've, you, you buy so much stuff like your telephone bills, petrol, uh, subscription, savvy, for example, you pay a subscription for, that can go through. There's so much stuff there that people aren't putting through and all you're doing is giving money to the tax man. So what I say to people, if you're not sure, is A, go on my website, get the freebie, because that'll help. If, they, if they're using me, I just say, look, put everything on the spreadsheet, just put everything on there, and then I can take it out and tell you what you can't claim for. But there's so much stuff. Again, your utilities, if you're if you groom from home, how to work that out. Does anyone, is everyone like home groomers or have they got salons? Home? Does everyone put their utilities through? How do you? I might have, because I converted the garage into mm. salon. Is attached to the house. Yeah, so. He says I can't claim, he said the most I'd be able to claim is 20% for electric. Bollocks. So, sorry. <laughs> so, the easiest way to do it, there's so many ways you can do it, right? Yeah. The easiest way to do it, I've had a conversation with my uncle about this because it is the most common question I get. I've got, house, I've got a salon at home, how the hell do I separate my utilities? The best way to do it, if you can, is if you have, say, just for example, a water bill, if you have a monthly water bill, do it 
get a bill yeah. from when before you had the salon. Say you paid £30 a month before you had the salon, and now you're paying £60 a month because you've got the salon. That £30 difference, there's what you claim for. If you used to pay £30 and now your bill's £100, claim that £70 back. It's the easiest way of doing it. Same with your electric bill. Just compare them both and then put that through every month. Because it's a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah? There's a lot of money people miss out on it. And, you know, there is various different ways of doing it, but that is the easiest way. Just compare a bill before you had the grooming salon to the bill now you have the grooming salon. Whatever the difference is, put it through. If HMRC were going to come and speak to you and say, how have you worked that out? It's very unlikely. But if they did, you can say, well, look, here's my bill before, here's the bill now. Put the difference through. They're not going to argue that. So, again... Utilities is a massive one that people don't use. There's loads. I can honestly give you a massive list, but go on the go on my Facebook page, download that PDF, and there's a lot on there. Uh, again, if you go on the group, people always put, oh, can I claim for this? Can I claim for that? And I'll just say yes or no, because you could Google it and you get like 5,000 different answers, so it's pointless. Okay. Well, you know? I'm going to ask, well, what is your charges in the countdown? I can't give you a set price. <laughs> an accountant's favourite phrase is, it depends, because it it does depend on whether you've got employees, whether you're fat, whether you're a sole trader. If you if you send me an email, I will I will give you the price. But it's very hard. It's like if I came to you or rang you up and said, "How much is it to groom my dog?" Yeah. Well, it depends on what dog you've got. So it's the same principle, but we can chat about that. Um, it's right. It's not. It's not. I'm not very expensive. Right? I work from home. If you go to a high street accountant, and I'm going slightly off to here, slightly off the thing. Never mind. If you go to a high street accountant. We're all going to charge different, okay? If you go to a high street accountant who's got a fancy office, 51 employees, you're going to pay a lot more than if you came to someone like me who's self-employed, okay? For sole trader accounts, you shouldn't be paying... The average type like scale is probably from 300 to 500. If you're paying £500, you want the Kim Kardashian of accountants, yeah? Because it is quite expensive, so you'll probably pay that if you go to a fancy high street accountant. If you're a limited company, again, it depends on employees, but you can pay anything from £80 a month to £120 a month. Again, if you're paying more than that and you're just a standard company, you want to be getting a good service. I had one client that was paying £900 for a sole trader account. I was like, £900? It's just just her, no employees, nothing. £900. And I said, why are you paying that? And she went, well, I don't know. They said that's how much it was and I don't know how much to pay, so I paid it. I was like, Christ, I'm going to look amazing because I'm not £900. don't bury your head in the sand. And me and Bill come across. So me and Bill sometimes have the same clients because they come to me and then him and vice versa. Don't bury your head in the sand. If you get that brown envelope and you don't know what to do, just speak to someone. It doesn't have to be me. You know, Just speak to someone and sort it out. Because a lot of these problems that we're coming across is because people have gone, oh, I don't want to deal with that. And HMRC don't care. You know, they're not going to... They'll just say it's online. You should have read it online. Yeah, they... You know, they they will unless you've got like I say, extenuating circumstances, then you will get fined. So just don't bury your head in the sand. And the same with accounts. It's not the most, you know, fun topic. No one likes sitting down at the end of the day doing all their figures and, and receipts. But how else are you gonna know how your business is doing if you haven't got a grip of your figures? And again, what Bill said, you need to be looking at what you're spending, okay? And that is the joy of having someone like me that we can sit down and say, right, these are your figures, okay? So just don't bury your head in the sand. 
speak to someone. We're not as scary. Some people, some accountants are boring, but you know it is what it is. It's one of the jobs. Uh, my uncle's really dull. Um, <laughs> just don't bury your head in that. Get help. You know, I, if I wanted to, if I had a dog that was fluffy, I don't know why it's fluffy. Would I groom him myself? No, because he'd look shit when he came out. That's why I've got a dash hound and his smooth head, and I don't have to do anything with him. And even then, I take him to the groomers to wash and do his nails because I just don't dare. So it's the same, I think, when it comes to accounts. If you're not confident in doing it, get someone to do it for you. We're not as expensive. I guarantee you, most good accountants will save you their fee every year. I saved that woman eight grand, so she can pay for me now forever. You know, and she wouldn't have used she wouldn't have used me before because she was like, mm, I don't really know what you can do, and that's just a prime example. So just if you can do your tax return yourself, do it. You know. There's no reason why anyone can do your own tax return. If you can do it and you're confident, then do it. But if you're not, get help. That's all I would say because... Exactly. If you want a mortgage, again, they'll say if you're self-employed, I want um, certain forms of an accountant. If you say I haven't got one. Some, like I say, some will be fine, some won't. Oh, there you go. Uh, because again, it's people fiddle the figures. So, you know, everyone does it. Everyone does a bit of cash in hand. You know, it happens. They're never going to eliminate that. So, yeah, that's all I'd say. But I've jabbered on too long. <laughs> Bill's like, you're talking too much now. Oh, God. I'm me again. So, has anyone heard, show of hands, making tax digital? Yeah. No. Right. So this is something that's going to come in force compulsory from April 2023. Anyone using the spreadsheet to record their income and expenses? Put your hands up so I can see. Anyone using paper? Anyone using accountancy software like QuickBooks? Right. What making tax digital is, in 2023 in April, it is going to become compulsory to use software. So you can no longer use your paper, you can no longer use a spreadsheet. You have to use that software unless you earn under 10 grand, in which case you do it as you're doing it now. If you earn over 10 grand, you have to use software. They're providing the software for us. So there's in no so the the software companies are like <laughs> free agent QuickBooks Zero. There's loads of them out there. They all pretty much do the same thing. They're just laid out a bit differently. The one that I recommend, which is up there and who I use, is Free Agent. Okay, it's easy to use. It's very user friendly. Um, you link your bank account to it. You can invoice through it. Um, I'll not go into the technical bits, but I just want you guys to know that this is going to be compulsory for April 2023. What? Free agent on the top. It's very user-friendly. If you have an accountant, you get the licence cheaper. Um, I did have a conversation with one of the agents the other day, and I said, well, are you going to put your prices up? in 2023 when it becomes compulsory and he couldn't quite answer the question funnily enough you know they may do because you're going to have to use it so there's no way around it so will they put the prices up probably you can get it cheaper if you have an accountant because we get a discount um i'm with free agent when you sign up with them the price locks for two years so you won't have to and you also if you have a natwest bank um 
I, is iZettel or Metal or something like Zettel. that? Zettel, yeah. Or RBS, you get a free license. So if any of you bank with them, you get a free license forever. So you'll never have to pay for it. So it might be worth... Free agent, yeah. If you've got NatWest Bank, RBS, and Zettel, or Metal, whatever it's called, you will get a free licence forever. You'll never have to pay for it. Um, I always suggest getting a separate bank account anyway for your account. So if you haven't got one, then get one of those, you get free. But it will become compulsory, and they're changing the way it works. So now you've got, obviously, 12 months to submit your tax return. You have one end deadline. When everything goes digital, you have to do it quarterly. So now you have to do it four times a year and then submit a financial statement at the end. So it's all changing. So my plan personally is to get all my clients on it by April next year. It's going to be a bloody nightmare because half of them don't like technology. And, you know, it's just, it's, I'm literally, I'm probably, you'll see me next year probably and I'll be all grey. So you have to, I just want to make you guys aware that you have to use this. Um, the reason why they're doing it is because they want it, they want to sort of streamline it and a lot of people are dodgy with their tax returns, unfortunately, and I think this is a way to eliminate it because I once... Tax now. Exactly, because everyone, when you do it every three months, you can't then alter the previous three months because you've already submitted Sorry, it. Exactly. So there's a lot of people who'll get to the end of the tax year who'll go, oh, I'll just not declare that five grand or whatever, and then they just submit it and no one's ever going to find out. Now you have to submit it every three months so that you're not going to have that chance to then fiddle it halfway through. So there's probably an element of that as well. So try and get used to it now before April. It was meant to come in last year, I think, but because of COVID, they've pushed it back. If you're a limited company, it's not going to come into force till 2026. So it's only for sole traders and partnerships in 2023. So it's I, got to be through one of those apps. It's got to be. Yeah, you can't do it any other way. So they're in a bit of a win-win situation. Basically, yeah. I'm sure I, you would like to think HMRC would tell them to put a cap on it because otherwise it just get ridiculous. If they're charging £100 a month. Well, exactly. Um, so I would just say have a, have a play around with it. If you've got an accountant, get it through them because they get it cheaper. They can do it all for you if you don't want to do it, but obviously it's going to cost you. Anyway, and then send it to your accountant and he can do it. Now you can, but when you've got that, it has to go on that. You have to put it straight on that. So how it works, I'll do it very quickly. You link your bank account to that system. And what it does is it draws in all your um, transactions. So obviously you get paid, you have to label it as sales, and then it'll, you sort of categorise all your expenses. It's something what I would do now, but that's what you have to do on that system. And what it does at the end is it pulls all your figures together and produces some sort of statement. But obviously... Well, you'd have to put the cash in the bank or do a manual transaction. Um, I could talk, I could go yeah. in debt, but I just want to make you guys aware that this is coming in and you have to use it. Um, again, you can do it yourself. You can get an accountant to do it for you, a bookkeeper, but obviously they're going to charge you to do it. Um, free agent is very good at categorising stuff properly. It's got like a 97% hit rate, so you'll not have like petrol labelled as food. Uh, it does sometimes happen, 
but that's why you have someone like me that can go through them all and to make sure it's all right. You do it every quarter, the accountant can still do the end of the year. Yeah, so your accountant will have access. So if, say, for example, you said to me, I want to do it through me, I would sign you up and I would have access to your account. So you could go in every month and say, Vicky, can you just go and check that I've done that right? And I can go and review it for you and change things and do whatever I do. And then I can do your financial statement at the end just using that. So it eliminates all the paperwork being sent to everyone. You can scan your receipts and match it to your expense and just bin the receipt if you wanted to. I would anyway, but I would anyway, but you can if you scan it in and load it on, it's on there. So you can just get rid of it by keep it anyway. Like today, I've bought a few things and paid cash for them. Mm. If they haven't given me a receipt, which didn't happen. Oh, well, they should be. Yeah, um, you could, yeah they, should, they should be giving you a receipt. If not, it's not the end of the world, but really you should be getting a receipt because if HMRC say I mean, it's very unlikely that you'll ever get audited um, unless you're earning like millions of pounds but it could happen they do spot checks every now and again and they say right you've said you've bought X, Y and Z where's the proof and you haven't that's when it gets a bit uncomfortable but PayPal or your bank yeah, so free agent links to PayPal as well. So you can link it to your PayPal and it'll download all those transactions. So instead of you writing it all down in your book or your spreadsheet, it does it all for you. So um, I've got a few thoughts on this, actually. And I, I think I'm going to take a bit of more of a positive spin on it. Um, it's a bit like I'm going to link it to fitness tests. So when I was in the police, I had to do fitness tests every year. And um, at some point, with a particular unit I was on, I had to do fitness tests twice a year. You know what? I passed those fitness tests twice a year. It was a lot easier than doing it once a year because we did our fitness test and then just went, right, let's go to the bad van afterwards. So you're going to have to do this every quarter, which means you're going to be more organised mm. and you're going to get it done. So you're yeah. not going to have that end of year panic. Unless you ignore it and get a fine, which you'll not do after no. this conversation. The next, thing, the next thing you want to think about, and I was talking to someone about this earlier, is outsource it. You know, put value on your time. Get a bookkeeper. Bookkeeper will have access to your free agent, QuickBooks, whatever it is. They do it all for you. It does, it does, but put a value on your time. But just to counteract that, and obviously I am biased because I, that's what I do, but you could spend three hours going through it all, which is three hours you could be spending grooming a dog. Doing how many sets of teeth in three hours yeah. at 85 pounds each? You know, we're not massively expensive. Uh, obviously, because of this, we're going to have to do more work. Prices may increase a little bit because, obviously, things we're doing, things, well, yeah, things we're doing once a year, we're now doing four times a you year. You know, talking, um, talking about cash, make it easier again for you, get a card machine. Yeah. It links into your bank account, so the money gets put into your bank, it then transfers onto your system. Hmm. You don't have to worry about putting cash in. Yeah. There you go, yeah. It's for all those dodgy people. So, um, the way we run it, so we're a limited company and we're, well, might as well go to questions. <laughs> so, um, we're a limited company, so um, we're VAT registered, which means we're forced to go down the QuickBooks route or a system route. I always used to do it on spreadsheet and put the, um, the VAT through once a quarter, but now making tax digital forced us to go into that. So basically, um, we use Savvy as well. So at the end of the day, I look at the Savvy total. 
I then go onto QuickBooks. I create a um, invoice on QuickBooks. So it's filled. And then um, it gets logged as an invoice. QuickBooks then looks at our bank account and then matches the two together. Mm. So say we took £800 on card and I put an invoice through on QuickBooks for that day for £800. When the money drops into our starting account, QuickBooks go £800, invoice, matched, done, dusted. Yeah. All um, our bookkeeper then does is goes through our bank statements and make sure everything is adding up. You know. And I put value on our time. We don't have time to do that. So I've outsourced it to a bookkeeper because I messed up QuickBooks. <laughs> I thought I'd do that. You know, I fell for the advert and thought it was easy. You know, scan your make, receipts. Yeah. Um, they make it look so easy. Oh, just do this and do this, you know, and you think, well, it's not that easy. Um, QuickBooks is very good if you're a limited company because it's got a lot of add-ons that you can do. For me, it, for me, I've gone through both and free agent for what you guys do, what you need is it's so easy to use it's a lot more easy friendly it's got less boxes that you things that are happening it's just link your bank account link paypal yeah yeah you can have personal bank account on there yeah you could link your business card you could link your personal card you can link paypal and it's how you label then each transaction obviously if you put your personal card in there it's going to be a bit time consuming because it's going to pull in everything and you're going to have to be like personal 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 yeah i've used my personal card and the business card, that's going to be someone picking to do, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> Make life easy for yourself. Business yeah. account only. That's what, Separate it all yeah, out. Se- that's why I always say have a separate account. It doesn't have to be a business account as a sole trader. It can just be a current account. Starling, do a sole trader account. Yeah. What you don't want to do, which and this is one of the reasons, quite a funny story, why I say get a separate bank account. As an accountant, I always ask for your bank statements and I get some weird and wonderful transactions on people's personal bank accounts. So rather than ringing you every five minutes going, what's this, what's this? I Google it. So I think, what's that? I Google it. Sometimes I wish I hadn't. It's all I'm going to say. <laughs> so keep it separate. Have a separate bank account. That way you can keep whatever you do in your private life private. I don't have to search through all your bloody transactions. I know that that bank account, whatever's in is income, whatever's out is an expense. Done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so just get us. Oh, go on. No, any NatWest account, any RBS account, they will give you a free uh, free agent license. And how do you go about it going into the NatWest bank? Um, yeah, we can ring them up. You should get an email. When you, I mean, it depends how long you've been with them, but you should get an email saying set up your free free agent account. Mm-hmm. If you haven't, just contact them and they'll email you a link. How much is the license anyway? Uh, I th- oh, off the top of my head, I think it's like twenty pounds a month. Um, if you were to get it on your own, I get it cheaper, um, just because they give it to accountants cheaper. Don't know why, but. I guess because we have a lot of clients, so yeah, yeah. so they, they get more business. Well, yeah, exactly. It, it takes, I did it because I had an HSBC account um, and they that didn't link with any of QuickBooks or anything, so I was like, oh Christ. So I've just went and swapped with NatWest and I've got a free agent account, so I just do it on there for free. Why well, pay 20 quid or even 15 quid, 10 quid when you can get it for free? Yeah. Got a question at the back. Well, what's the difference with a business account and a, if you open a separate one-way account? 
So with a limited company, you have to legally get a limited company bank account. With a sole trader, it can be any bank account, so just a current account. You don't ha- it doesn't have to be a specific business one. However, Starling do a, lim- a sole trader bank account, which is free. Um, but it could be a current account. It could be anything. If you've got a lot of people have more than one bank account, so you could say, well, I don't use that, so I'll just use that for the business. Some banks get a bit iffy and they'll say, hang on a minute, there's some money going into there, and they may try and say, you need a business one. You don't. You don't. You don't. There's loads of free ones out there.